Good morning, everybody good? Is the air cold enough for you? This or that? Um, okay, so we're playing our final this or that uh, game. If you guys can grab your little signs, they're in the back seats. If you haven't been here, there are little signs that are in the back seats of your seat. You can grab them. Um, we're going to go through just a list. Uh, if you haven't ever played this game, this or that really means whichever one you prefer, you get to tell us a little bit about yourselves, laugh at the people next to you, get mad at the people next to you. Whatever you want to do, that's what we're going to do. So um, you guys ready in the back? Okay, go ahead and um, first one. First one is window seat or aisle. Window seat or aisle. This, okay, let me see. Window seat or aisle. That's kind of, that's 50-50. Okay, all right. I would, I would probably choose the aisle just because I don't like to cross over people to get the restroom. Is that what you guys are thinking for the aisle? Window, you just like the view. You're in it for the moment. You don't want to talk to anybody. You just want to look outside. I get it. All right, next one is lose your wallet or lose your passport. Let me see. Lose your wallet. A lot of red. Lose your passport. You don't want to lose your wallet. No? Okay. I feel like if you lost your wallet, your passport would probably be close to that, so maybe not. All right, here we go. Next one, I already I know the answer to this one. Crying Baby or Chatty Kathy? Crying Baby or Chatty Kathy? Yep, okay, a lot of blue. You choose Crying Baby? Really? Wow. I don't know, there's something about a baby piercing scream. I'm just like, no. Just so you know, we're talking about the world today, so that's why these questions are specific to this. Okay. Uh, Greece or Italy? What would you rather choose, Greece or Italy? Some of you are thinking it's the same place. I get it. Greece or Italy? I see a lot of Italy. Some Greece. Yep, I see some Greece. All right, next one. You guys ready? Seven wonders or seven continents? Let me see. Seven wonders or seven continents. Okay, mostly seven wonders. All right, cool. Uh, next one, escargot or squid? Those are your options. Sorry, you got to choose one. Don't say neither. You got to go either or. Let me see. A lot of blue, a lot of escargot. Oh, you're going either or? Some people like both. All right. I, I would probably consider calamari. I'm not into steamed squid. I'm just not my thing. All right, here we go. Croissant or a crepe? Croissant or a crepe? Let me see. Lot of croissant people in here. Is it croissant? Is the T silent in here? Just uh, no? It's croissant, croissant. Creep, a creep. Nobody wants a creep in here. All right, here we go. Ride on a rickshaw or ride on a dog sled? I, I'm kind of 50-50 on that. I'd want to try both. All right, red. I see a lot of red. A lot of ride on a... See, the dog sled thing is cool, but then there's the snow. I'm not sure about the snow. Once you're done with the dog sled, then you're just stuck in the snow somewhere. So, 
You guys know me. All right, number nine, African safari or shark dive. This one's easy for me. African safari or shark dive. Okay, a lot of safaris. Shark dives, there's a couple, not too many. Tom, you'd do shark dive. All right, next one, glass bridge. The glass bridge or the London eye. Which one would you do, glass bridge or the London eye? Anybody afraid of the glass bridge in here? We got any afraid? Okay, all right. Here we go. Floating lanterns or northern lights? Floating lanterns or northern lights? All right. I was a northern lights person as well. Good job. All right, next one and final one is fish spa or fire walking. To me, uh, kind of, I see some fire walkers in here. Okay, you guys are wild. Clark is a fire walker. Okay, all right. Two fire walkers. All right, this is going to work. This is going to work. No fish spa for you. All right, good job. Would you guys give it up for Mary and all the people in the booth that have done that game? I mean, they put up with a lot. That's a lot. And some of you, you guys, that's good on the music too. Some of you um, are like, man, I don't think we should play games in church, right? Anybody like that? Like, I don't, this is kind of, okay, look, I have a scripture to let you know that God actually approves of this game. It's in James 4.15. It says, instead, you should say our tomorrows are in the Lord's hands, and if he is willing, we will live life to its fullest and do this or that. Victor, Victor, I don't know if he's here this week, but Victor sent me that this week. I was like, I'm going to use that, Victor. That is God's approval right there. Read that scripture all week, and God will set you free. Here we go. Um, so my name's Matt. Um, I get the privilege of being able to speak to you this morning. So glad you're here. If you're new here for the first time, we don't play a game every week, but we want to. You know, some of you guys want to. Um, but we're so glad that you're here. If, you haven't, if I haven't got the chance to meet you, I'd love to meet you out in the lobby. If you're watching with us online, thanks for joining us. Let us know where you're watching from, and uh, feel free to participate in the game that we're going to do throughout the whole the whole. Um, sermon today. So, all right. So just to let you guys all know, um, I'm going to give you a little disclaimer uh, for this entire series. So um, some of this, talking these things out, just so you all know, this is really just me talking about things that I wrestle with at home. So if I ever seem like flippant or um, disgruntled, I promise you I'm not about any of these topics. I'm just wrestling things out in front of all of you, and I hope you guys can give me uh, grace to be able to do that today, um, if you will. Uh, and, and part of the, even the topic today, um, I was under, for a lot of years, I was under kind of a condemnation perspective, especially about sharing uh, the gospel with the world. Uh, I lived for a lot of years under shame, under condemnation, under disappointment if it didn't work out or if um, I didn't do enough of it. And so some of that, you'll just see me talking about it and kind of wrestling it out today in front of you. So hopefully you can hang in there with me. Um, all right, so the first uh, edition that we did, if you can remember, it was the church edition. Then after that, it was the you edition. We talked about you. 
Last week, we talked about the relationships edition. Today, we are going to talk about the world, okay, and how we share this amazing, great, good news with the world. You guys ready? So if you got your signs, we're going to vote on this one. All right, so while sharing the good news, either this, the pressure is on, or that the pressure is off. You guys vote. No wrong answers. We get to have fun. I won't judge you. You don't judge me. Deal? Pressure is on or the pressure is off. Okay. Good job. All right. Thank you guys for voting. Um, wanted to uh, tell you a story about, I used to go to uh, youth conferences when I was younger, went all over Florida, different places, and uh, some of them were acquired the fire, some of them were different, just different individuals would have these conferences, and one of them that I went to actually was like an evangelism type of conference where they taught young people how to share their faith. And uh, one of the ways, one of the main speakers that taught us, uh, told us kind of his experience and one of the ways that he would do it. And how he did it is he would go into a public place, whether it was a mall, whether it was uh, a school or a park or whatever, he would go there and he would picture the letter H on people's foreheads, okay? And what that stood for is hell. So he would picture hell, them going to possibly hell, and it would motivate him to go share the gospel, and I'll tell you, uh, learned a lot there, tried to understand it as best I could, but I was kind of really programmed to think that way. And so uh, at, while we were at the conference, they actually send you out and you go to public places and try to evangelize. And let me tell you, as a young person, on. And so I want to read to you a scripture, if you guys will, uh, that I think pertains to a lot of this. But it's 1 John 4.18. It's in the living. It says, we need to have no fear of someone who loves us perfectly. His perfect love for us eliminates all dread of what he might do to us. If we are afraid, it is for fear of what he might do to us and shows that we are not fully convinced that he really loves us. So I, I present today that a fear-based gospel doesn't last. It doesn't have the longevity that I think most would intend for it, right? Scare tactic gospels uh, are not operating out of love, but they're actually operating out of fear. Now, I've heard different terms for it. It's kind of inappropriate. I've heard the term fire insurance, which I think is just ridiculous. Um, and this thinking is, I would say, it's only a temporary fix, it only works for a certain amount of time. Like, I, I honestly, I could not tell you the amount of people that I led to the Lord while all of that was going on, and I couldn't tell you one name. I have no relationship built with those people. I don't know that the conversation really continued much after, basically, I pressured them, and then they gave in to my pressure, okay? Um, I, I'll try to explain it like this. Uh, there was a company that I used to work for uh, that we used to remodel houses, up north. And with that company, there was this one house that in order to get to the house, there was an underwater bridge, okay? It was like a concrete bridge that was underneath the water, and you could go to the house. Now, the house was great. It was really neat, but the problem was is in the spring and the winter, it would flood, and so you, if it flooded, you basically couldn't go to work that day. And so the company that I worked for 
they decided instead of trying to figure out like to call all the right people to get all the things lined up, uh, they just out of fear, they built this bridge overnight without any, telling anybody and it was, a, it was a nice solid bridge, but the problem was is it slowed up the water to flow down the creek, okay? So all the locals noticed fish were dying, all these things were happening. And so they called the EPA and they called the county to go find out what was going on with this bridge or what, or what was going on with the creek. And so they tracked it down to a bridge that was built overnight, okay? Nobody was actually, so they said, okay, you have 24 hours to destroy this bridge and remove it and get it out of there. And guess what? You're not allowed to build another bridge, okay? And I tell you that story is if you want to build a bridge to people that don't know God, okay? You can't build a bridge out of fear. You can't build a bridge out of concern or scare tactics or anything. In fact, if you try to build a bridge like that, you, you may want to walk over that bridge, and because you, you built it out of fear, you won't be able to for a really long time. There's a lot of young people that I minister to, all my friends. I tried to lead to the Lord and tell them about Jesus, and a lot of it was based out of fear. And because of that, I burned so many bridges that later on, I was able to uh, apologize, and I've gone back into these people's lives, but it took a really long time, 20 years basically, until I met Ryan and different ones that were actually connected with some of my old friends, and I was able to rebuild relationships that I had ruined based off of uh, trying to lead them to the Lord through fear. 1 John 4.18, this is the last part of that verse, it says, if we are afraid, it is for fear of what he might do to us and shows that we are not fully convinced that he really loves us. If you're afraid of God and you're trying to get other people to believe in God and you're telling them that, that they should come to know him and then they'll be afraid too, I want you to know people have no interest in knowing that God. Okay? They will say, no thanks, I'm good, no, it's not me. And, and that's the question mark you have to ask yourself is, why would people want to know a God that you're afraid of? They don't. They're not going to take the time to know him. Uh, Matthew 5, 14 through 15, it says, Your lives light up the world, for how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it under an obscure place? Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. If you're a light, if you are a light, what does light do? It shines, right? It doesn't yell it doesn't scream. It's not worried about being condemned for not shining enough light. It just shines, right? It doesn't feel pressure. Your life lights up the world is what it says. You guys ready for the next uh, this or that? Here we go. The next this or that is while sharing the good news, we need to, this one's kind of fun, move to Africa or not. Move to Africa or not. Some of you are like, I wouldn't mind moving to Africa. That's fine. Or not. Okay, Mark 16, 15. It says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Okay? And I've heard different thoughts about this uh, verse specifically. I've heard this verse was uh, directed towards the disciples, 
right? It wasn't actually directed to us, even though I could kind of understand how we would just take a lot of verses in the Bible and be like, I'm sure that he's telling us this. But I heard he was, he was talking specifically to the 11 that were there, right? Um, and I've also heard that it's a transliteration, which I would probably lean more towards than the first. But I, it's kind of a combination of both. But let's check out the transliteration, which is more of a past tense, okay? It's more of a past tense with this verse. The Berrien literal Bible, it says, and he said to them, having gone into all the world. So having gone into all the world, share the gospel. A literal standard version, the next one, it says, and he said to them, having gone into all the world, okay? Young's literal translation, it says, having gone to all the world. The Smith's literal translation says, having gone into, okay? So it, uh, maybe you're like, well, maybe it's not a past tense. Let's take it for ourselves still. I'll give you that as well. Uh, International Standard Version, it says, then he told them, as you go. That actually makes a little sense, right? As you go into all the world, share the gospel. Uh, I like God's God's word translation. It says, then Jesus said to them, so wherever you go in the world, tell everyone the good news. Okay? Tell everyone the good news. I like all of these. So having gone, as you go, and wherever you go. In other words, you don't have to move to Africa unless you want to, but you can share the gospel wherever you are in the world. Wherever you are, wherever you're living, wherever you're going, coming and going, it doesn't matter. You can share the good news. Now, I kind of want to focus on that last part where it says, tell everyone the good news. Now, I don't know about you, but I took this literally, okay? Tell everyone. Let's talk about tell everyone for just a second. Every person is how I thought needed to hear about Jesus from me. Can we see a little bit of a problem there? Right? First of all, tell everyone, I know that all things are possible with God, but you cannot tell every single person on the planet about the gospel. Even if you wanted to move to Africa and check out these tribes and share with them the gospel, half of them would die because you would give them some kind of disease telling them about the gospel. So let's just start there. You're not going to be able to tell everyone the good news. Secondly, it's only good news if the hearer wants to hear it. Did you hear that? It's only good news if the hearer actually wants to hear it. Let me explain it to you. I had a uh, friend uh, when I was in high school, and uh, I used to call him my jumper cables. His name was Ben. Uh, astronaut's son, the astronaut just passed away, Sam Durant. Um, but his son, Ben, uh, came to know the Lord. I think he was, went to a Methodist church, and he had a wild and crazy acid trip and then came to know Jesus through the process, right? I loved it because everywhere we went, he took this verse literal, everywhere he went, he was telling every single person about Jesus. I mean, he handed out tracts. He just felt as though that was his job. And so uh, I liked it because I was heavy on the introvert side, and I'm like, okay, he at least pushes me to talk to people about Jesus. Uh, I won't do what he does, but I'll go with him. 
And uh, one day, he was headed to my house. He stopped at a gas station. It was a little bitty gas station around the corner and felt as though he needed to tell the gas station attendant about Jesus, okay? I think the guy was Muslim. I'll explain to you why. I think he was Muslim here in a minute. But he gets over to my house, um, and he knocks on my door. This is probably like 6.30 on a Saturday night, okay? I'm, I'm actually asleep. He knocks on my door, and he goes, hey, Matt. He goes, so I'm, I'm about to get this guy saved. He, I need you to come with me. Can you come with me? And I'm just kind of like, okay, I'll come. And so I get in the car. We go over to this gas station, and there's this huge guy in the gas station, okay? Not a little guy. I mean a big guy, okay? And Ben is like five feet tall, all right? Muscle guy, but he was literally 5'0", okay? And so we go in there, and he's walking up to the guy. He pulls out his little pocket Gideon Bible, and he has it turned um, probably with a bookmark or something to Romans 10.9 in the NIV. Okay, I'll read it to you. I don't, I don't know if I have it on the notes, but it says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay. So he believed that if he could just get this guy to say, Jesus is Lord, it was a done deal, all right? And so he walks over to him, and he goes, all right. He goes, I need you to repeat after me. This is just how the conversation starts with this guy, okay? I need you to repeat after me. If you, and the guy would say, if you, declare, declare with your mouth, with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord. And the guy that I believe was a Muslim, he goes, he's not Lord, right? And Ben goes, I need you to say it after me. Jesus is Lord. The gas station guy goes, he's not Lord. I leaned in. I go, Ben, I think we got to go, man. Like, there's, this isn't. He goes, Matt, we're getting somewhere. Hold on. He goes, I need you to say, Jesus is Lord. The guy goes, he's not Lord. I lean in. I go, Ben, we got to go. This isn't going well. <laughs> Let's leave. And I've dragged him out of there, right? If the hearer doesn't want to hear the good news and you decide you know better, can I tell you what that makes good news? Bad news, right? It's not good news anymore. What makes the good news so good? These are just three things. These aren't on the notes. Three scriptures, three places that I believe makes the, makes the good news so good. John 3.16 is my go-to. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? God loved the world. That is good news. John 3, 17, which is the following verse, it says that he came out into the world to condemn the world, but that the whole world might be saved through him. He didn't come to condemn. That's the second. Thirdly would be John 1, where it says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He took the sin of the world upon himself, and he removed the sin of the world. So three things. God loved the world, God didn't condemn the world, and God took the sin of the world. Those are three good things. If you decide you want to talk to people about that, feel free. In sharing the good news, you guys ready for the next one? In sharing the good news, you are to either this, be like Christ, or that, be yourself. I know this is a tricky one. This, be like Christ, or that, be yourself. You can vote online if you're watching with us online. John, 1 John 4.17, it says, By this is love perfected with us that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because 
as he is, that word judgment means decision, because as he is, this is the part I want us to focus on, so are we in this world. If we are as he is, if we are as he is, then why do we need to become like him? Something you got to think about. If we already are as he is, obviously internal, we're not talking about on the outside. If we already are, why are we so focused on becoming like him? In other words, there are no levels of becoming like Christ. I used to believe that the more I became like Christ, the more people would come to know Jesus. But you want to know what some, something that's interesting? Is the more I tried to perfect myself in the flesh, the more people didn't want to actually know Jesus. And why I say that is because that is actually a form of self-righteousness. And when people see self-righteousness, they want nothing to do with it. And you know what stinks about self-righteousness? Is you can't see it about yourself. You can't. You cannot see that about yourself. If you're honest about it, okay, if you're honest about it, if you're still on the train of perfection, okay, you're still working on you. One of the ways that you can figure out if you're on that train, okay, is because you're perfecting yourself in the flesh, question why aren't people wanting to know Jesus more? Why don't they actually, why don't they see your life and they're like, Man, that guy, I don't want anything to do with him. And that was the thing about me is I thought, man, the more I work on me, the more I work on my flesh, the more I try to become like Jesus, this should be easy. People will just come through the floodgates. But I found that people didn't even want to know who I was. An unbeliever couldn't even stand to be my presence because I was perfecting myself in the flesh. I was on this self-righteousness journey that wasn't helpful. And you might say, well, what about Romans 12, 1 and 2? You guys know Romans 12, 1 and 2? It says, you, you really got to think about it and you got to slow it down. It says, I think we have it on the screen, but it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves as a living sacrifice. Can I show you guys what a living sacrifice looks like? It's crazy. Hold on to your seats. You guys ready? A living sacrifice. Here we go. This is it. That's it. Hold on. I, uh, this side didn't see it. Let me show you. Living sacrifice. And you're like, Matt, what about the next part? Holy and acceptable unto God. Right here. Living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable un unto God. And the next part it says, uh, which is your reasonable service. There's another translation that says, it's the least you could do. It's the least you could do. And you're like, what about the next part, Matt? And be not conformed to the pattern of this world. See, that's it. You can't, be, you can't be patterned after sin. That's not what he's talking about there, though. You know what patterning after the world is? It's trying to please God in the flesh. It's trying to please him with our actions. I mean, the whole world thinks, I'm a good person. I do good. God obviously loves me. I want you to know there's nothing you can do to please him in the flesh. The next part of that says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. What are you renewing your mind to? That as he is, so are we. As he is, so are we. We're not trying to be like Christ. We already are on the inside. Right? 
last part of that verse says that you may be able to do what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. All you have to do to be able to do God, God's perfect, acceptable will is just to find out who Jesus is and recognize that I don't need to keep trying to perfect myself in the flesh. It doesn't actually do anything except deter people from Jesus, which I know is counter to the thinking. It's completely counter because you think the more you become like Christ, people are just going to be drawn. It's actually the opposite. It's actually the opposite. 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old is gone. The new has come. You're made new forever. Forever. In other words, no matter what the flesh is telling you, no matter whether your flesh is older or not, there are no old creatures in Christ. There are only new creatures in Christ. So if you've been on this for a long time, if you've been in a Christian for a really long time, good news is you're forever a new creature. Be yourself. Be yourself. I know it's a little bit of Aladdin, but embrace. Um, so I, I'm going to tell you this story. Uh, this is why I believe that you should be yourself is because when I was on this journey of perfecting myself in the flesh, I thought, Man, I am doing everything I can to get people saved, and nobody wants to know Jesus. <laughs> nobody really wanted to know him because it was in my own flesh that I was trying to present Christ, okay? And, I mean, I was praying for all sorts of hours. I was reading my Bible for hours. I was trying to get them to understand, like, how he wants them to be and that he wants him to know Jesus. And then you got to get on the train like I am, okay? you got to come to church and do all the right things. And nobody wanted to know God like I was hoping they would, right? In fact, they were detested from it. Meanwhile, and I've told this story before, meanwhile, my mom, okay, uh, she, uh, I would say, was a little more honest. <laughs> she wasn't trying to be like Christ. She was just like, I can't be like Christ, <laughs> right? I'm just, I am who I am. And she worked at a telemarketing company that sold really inexpensive magazines, okay? So she, she was not very wealthy. Um, she, we lived in a house that was on a tilt that was falling into the ditch. Uh, she drove an old Ford LTD that carbon smoke blew out the back, okay? Uh, she'd been through multiple divorces, broken marriages. All of her kids, including myself, were all crazy at the time. And it just, she didn't have anything to present to the world, right? And yet people at her job, she would light their cigarette as she's smoking hers, and she would tell people about Jesus. And I say that because it doesn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, okay, I'm doing everything I can to perfect myself in the flesh. And my mom, who's just being real and saying, I don't have all the answers, but I know the one who does, is leading gangsters and all these people that I, like, I wanted to lead them to the Lord. I wanted that testimony. And yet my mom was able to do it with not being on. In fact, she was rejected by the church. She wasn't even allowed to help in kids because she smoked, right? And I want you to know that get off of the train of self-improvement, perfection, self-righteousness, all those things. If you, the sooner you get off that and you just are yourself, People can relate to that. I think that's why Paul, you guys know the Paul, Paul verse where it says, I became all things to all that I might win some. I think that was empathy. I think he was revealing that he can, he, he, was, he even talked to the churches about his shortcomings, didn't he? Talked to them. 
I don't have it all together. But I can tell you the one who does. I can tell you the one who does. All right, we're going to go to the last uh, point. You guys can hang in there with me. We're going to close up shop. But this is the last one. Um, In sharing the good news, in sharing the good news, we are to see others like God does or see others as a project. See others like God does or see others as a project. This should be a pretty easy one, right? Michael, you can come up wherever you are. Um, So unfortunately for years, unfortunately for years, I viewed everyone as a project. Did you guys, am I in good company? Did you guys ever do that? I viewed the world as a project. I viewed other Christians as projects, right? And the reason why that was is I believed I had to be the influencer. I didn't want to be influenced. And I'll tell you, there was a scripture that changed my life, and I'm going to read it to you guys, um, about this. And I'd been involved in church for a long time. I'd been involved in ministry. We'd helped with that church out in Arizona. We were kind of on our own when I, when I read this verse differently for the first time. 2 Corinthians 5.19, it says, God was in Christ making peace between the world and himself. In Christ... God did not hold the world guilty of its sins and gave us this message of peace. That right there where it said, God did not hold the world guilty of its sins is what stuck with me. And I kept thinking about it, and I kept thinking about it, I kept thinking about it, and I thought, why am I holding people guilty of their sins if God doesn't hold them guilty of their sins? It doesn't make any sense. Why am I viewing people according to the flesh and according to their sins if God doesn't do it? In other words, what business do we have looking at people's sins if God doesn't view them based on their sins? Right? Look at the Good News translation. This is, to me, this is even better. It says, our message is that God was making all human beings his friends through Christ. God did not keep an account of their sins. And he has given us the message which tells how he makes them his friends. Um, I'm going to close with this story, but uh, again, I used to look at the world as a project, right? And but it had gotten to the place where I wasn't even evangelizing because it just had not gone well. It hadn't gone well, and I didn't really know. I didn't, I'm like, what am I supposed to, how, how, what does evangelism even look, what does sharing your faith even look like under grace? It didn't make a whole lot of sense until I read these, this verse right here. And I realized, I was like, oh, God wants us to look at people without their sin. That's how you do it. And, and there's not a goal. There's not an end goal. Like, I even love where it says that Jesus was hanging out with sinners, right? He didn't have an end goal. He was just hanging out. And uh, so this neighbor that I had kind of was slightly annoying because he had dogs in the back and my wife uh, was constantly mad at him for the dogs barking and waking our kids up and all this jazz, right? And so I was mad at the guy too. And I think he partied on the weekends and he would have, uh, he probably had a broken marriage because I'd see his kids would come on the weekends. And so I was instantly judgy. Okay, this is 
this was just probably like eight years ago, okay? We were up in Ohio, and I'm just super judgy, and I'm like, I don't even want to tell this guy about Christ and all that stuff. And I remember reading this scripture, and it just talked about being, uh, how God made himself to be friends with the world. And I thought, why is the end goal always, how do I, why, why would I, why do I have to picture an H in order for me to, to be a friend to the world? Does that make sense? That's not, that's not what God wants us to do. And so I remember walking out to the mailbox at the same time that this guy did, and these things were being stirred up in me. And I looked over at him, and I said, hey, how you doing? And he said, hey, back. And it was something about the way I had shifted that I could tell, set him at ease. And I didn't have a goal to tell him about Jesus. I didn't have a goal to pray with him. I just had a goal. How do I get to know this person as a person? How do I get to know them as a human being who God doesn't view the way that I believe that most Christians view the world, right? And what's fascinating is I think we stood out in the driveway and talked for like a half an hour. And I'm like, man, this whole time I've been living next to this guy and I'm afraid of his sin or I'm afraid uh, I, the whole goal, if I'm going to get to know him, is to, so that I can evangelize to him. And really God is just like, why don't you just be a friend to him? Why is the end goal? I got to get this guy saved or else, right? And so my encouragement to you today is in order to, I believe, evangelize or to share your faith is not to make the end goal, how do I get this person saved? How do I get the good news out to them? How about you just be nice? You know, how about you just be a friend to somebody that needs to be a friend? And you know what's fascinating is I believe I have stronger relationships with people that are in the world, right? Don't believe in Jesus just like I do because I'm not on purpose trying to show them that I'm better than them or I got more. The only thing that you have differently than they do is that you just believe in God in a different way, right? Or maybe they, maybe they do and you just don't know it because you're so self-righteous, right, that you can't find that, that out about them. And I think the more you recognize, man, he doesn't look at me based off of that because could you imagine if he looked at us based off of our own sin? That sets me at ease. It sets me to be like, I can just be friends with this guy. I don't have to try and change him. I don't have to transform him. God loves him right where he's at. Amen? Um, hope that was encouraging to you guys. I'm going to pray over us. And um, I don't know, man. I, I, I really think that is the way that you evangelize to the world is you just you stop doing all the things that we used to do. <laughs> and you just love people. I think that's what Jesus would do if he was still around. He'd be hanging out with people. He would be judging them based off of their sin. He'd be loving on them. He wouldn't care. He's not stressed out about all the things that we get stressed out about. I mean, if you, if you have a wayward child, you like, in other words, you want them to know Jesus, stop preaching at them. Just love them. Love them the way God loves you. Amen? Father, we thank you, God, for everyone this morning, God. We thank you, God, for... Uh, revealing to us your goodness, your love, your mercy. You view us without our sin, God. Blessed is the man who God does not count their sin against him. We thank you, God. We're so blessed this morning. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for be, becoming friends with the world, showing us how we get to as well. We love you today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.